0: Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday
1: edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, like because when I shot I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of mess. Uh...
2: You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On podcast network. Your team every day.
1: Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number eight twenty seven of Locked On Raptors for Tuesday, November the seventeenth. I'm your host Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always at Woodley Sean, and you can find the show at Locked On Raptors. As well, you can also find the show on all of your favorite podcast providers. Please leave a rating, review, tell a friend to subscribe. If you are already subscribed, word of mouth still the best way to tell people about podcasts or to advertise podcasts. So tell a friend if they're a Raptors fan who wants some daily Raptors talk in their life. This is the place to be, and we very much appreciate all of our wonderful listeners. Also, uh, make sure you're checking out Locked on NBA today, as it's the final day of the five-part mock draft we were doing over there on Locked on NBA. I am part of today's episode, making the 29th pick. I've spoiled it already. I took Xavier Tillman from uh, Michigan State with the 29th pick because he rules, and i he's the only person I care about, the only person I want the Raptors to take, and so of course I was going to do it if he was on the board at 29, which he was. So I highly recommend you go and listen to the entirety of the Locked in NBA Mock Draft. Five days dating back to last Wednesday all the way through to today, today to preview the draft that goes down tomorrow, of course. All right. On today's show, there's a lot to talk about. Not a ton of Raptors heavy news, but there's Raptors adjacent news that could sort of dictate the future of the Raptors in a pretty significant way. So we'll dive into that on today's show. The Giannis situation the offseason backup plans for the Raptors but the actual plan this offseason should be with some moves being made around the Eastern Conference and just some general trade scuttlebutt and sort of the uh, the manic state that everyone kind of is thrown into during these times of great transaction upheaval and joining me to talk about all of that is one of our favorites here on the podcast from the Dishes and Dimes podcast from the Neon Playbook a wonderful basketball blog from Basketball News from Yahoo Sports pretty much the entire internet at this point it is our pal Yasmin been how's it going
3: I'm well how are you
1: I'm doing all right I'm a little less good <laughs> looking at the outlook of the Raptors considering the plans for 2021 which have been laid since I think Masai Ujiri missed out on drafting Giannis in 2013 maybe have been derailed a little bit and we should start there we'll get to the other sort of more sort of ethereal Raptors offseason talk in a bit but we should probably address the big fat elephant in the room The Milwaukee Bucks seem potentially closer to keeping Giannis around long-term, getting him to sign the Supermax after making some crazy-ass moves last night that really snuck up on me. I was playing uh, Breath of the Wild on Switch for a little while, like an hour, and I looked at my phone and my phone had melted, basically, because of all that had (laughs) gone on. I totally even missed the Robert Covington deal until much later in the night because the Bucks were the story of the evening. They trade uh, George Hill... Everyone's favorite uh, Raptors uh, championship contributor, Eric Bledsoe, along with uh, a whole bunch of picks. What was it? Three first round picks as well as two pick swaps to the uh, New Orleans Pelicans for, of course, Drew Holiday, who was one of the bells of the ball in the trade market this offseason. Uh, they follow that up by executing a tampering ass <laughs> sign and trade with the Sacramento Kings where they're going to get bogged down Bogdanovich. He should probably sign somewhere between 18 and 20 million bucks a year based on how the cap math works out, uh, based on smarter people than I <laughs> and their projections for what the cap is going to look like for Milwaukee. And so Bogdan Bogdanovich and Drew Holiday are going to be members of the Milwaukee Bucks next season. Yasmin, there's a lot to digest here. Uh, let's dive into what it actually means for the Bucks first before we get into sort of the grander scheme of things with the Raptors and their offseason plans next summer and this summer, I suppose, too. Uh, what was your reaction to the deal? Do you think the Bucks are scarier as an Eastern Conference counterpart for the Raptors and other teams? What is your initial response to the Holiday and Bogdanovich pickups?
3: Um, First of all, like I think what they did was I don't want to say impressive, but it was necessary. So I guess I'm impressed that they actually did um, put in put all their eggs in one basket. A lot of people would think that, you know, they weren't willing to wager their future in order to uh, increase their chances in retaining Giannis. And it was kind of like the will they or won't they of the timeline. Um, so I, I I am actually impressed that they went ahead and did it. Like they Their whole point was to indicate to Giannis, yeah, we're willing to change the um course of the whole franchise in order to put you in a better position to win so it's basically your turn to go and deliver we gave you uh better pieces we upgraded two positions um so deliver accordingly i am i do think it makes them better i do think that um i don't think that drew holiday was the exact kind of point guard that they needed for that position it's definitely an upgrade over eric bledsoe um But he is kind of still in the ilk of Eric Bledsoe in the sense that he's not like your classic pick and roll point guard that would have maybe uh, matched with Giannis a little better. Uh, The Bogdan Bogdanovich upgrade was like, it's a definite improvement there. Um, I do think this makes him a better team, um, but I will have to wait and see to to really assess how it kind of plays out um, throughout the regular season if they still adhere to their typical, you know, um, system, their typical drop coverage, like, do they really change? Are they still playing in that way that everyone in the Eastern Conference has kind of come to know and is super familiar with? Um, so, yeah, we're going to have to wait and see to uh, really figure out how this plays out. Um, but, yeah, for the for the this is exactly what you wanted to see them do if you're Giannis. You wanted to see them give you big names give you capable players so that you can really show that you know you're the best player in the league it's like a must win season for them so um Mm -hmm. the rest is on honestly on Giannis like I'm, I'm not gonna say that this like guarantees that he remains um on the team but it's it's exactly what he wanted to see and what he's indicated that he wanted to see from the franchise
1: Yeah, it's definitely a good step for the Bucks, for sure, because, you know, just a few hours previous, we were all laughing because... Word came out that the Bucks never even engaged the Thunder on Chris Paul, which, you know, to right. your point about maybe Holiday not being the exact type of fit of point guard next to Giannis that you would have liked to see. I think Chris Paul very much would have been that. I think they would have skyrocketed to the top of my favorites list had Chris oh, Paul definitely. been traded over to the Bucs. Uh, and look, like their starting five now is ridiculous. Holiday, Bogdan, Middleton, Giannis, and Brooke Lopez is as good a five as you're going to find in the league. You know, I think your mileage might vary on Brooke Lopez because he you know you mentioned the drop system that the Bucks love to run. He kind of can only play that one style. And it's not as though now the Bucks have a ton of other options to, you know, play with in terms of lineup flexibility because they traded all their players. They basically have that starting five plus, what's his name, Jerome James, Jim James, Jimmy, Jimothy James. I don't know. Someone James who I've never heard of from the Kings is now like the sixth man on this roster. And they have like $15 right. million dollars to work with to fill out the team because doing a right. side trade hard caps you and you can't go over the tax. Sneaky move by the Bucks owners to not go over the tax, by the way. Uh <laughs> <laughs> don't think I didn't see <laughs> that Milwaukee the Lazarus. um but, yeah, it's that, that starting five is very, very good, and I'm sure they'll be able to get some cheap additions to come in and, you know, kind of ring chase and, and fill out the lineup around those guys. But I do think there's a lot of risk in these moves as well, obviously. You know, there's still no word yet on Giannis, although we should note that just like an hour before these trades posted um, or, 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 or happened, there was a podcast posted by Zach Lowe and Brian Windhorst where Brian Windhorst was like very, very comfortable, it seemed, with the idea that Giannis was going to stick around in Milwaukee and so that he had really changed his feelings on that. Zach Lowe did not offer the same sentiment. He just kind of threw his hands up in the air and said, I have no idea. Um, You had Nick Kyrgios being a (laughs) part of the conversation yesterday, uh, goading Giannis into a big smile when he asked if he was going to Miami. It's still hard to read the situation. But this definitely makes it more likely that Giannis is going to stick around, I would say. And, you know, even if he waits until after this year to sign a big extension with the team, this makes it more likely that they will have the success required for Giannis to stick around. And he very well could sign the Supermax before the end of the week, and it'll be all over from there. I will say it's not what makes the most sense for Giannis basketball wise, because this team still could crap out. They, you know, again, they're not going to be terribly deep. One injury could really sewer them. The Nets might get James freaking Harden. Like they could have a lot of things befall them. It's not easy to win a title, as we all know. Uh And I could very well see things going a little bit rocky this season. Maybe they lose in the conference finals, something like that. And then Drew Holiday's a free agent. They have no picks for the future. Not that the Bucks ever do much with their draft picks anyway, but still, that's a lot of capital out the window. And they're kind of now in a position where they don't have any chips left to play, unless it's like Chris Middleton for a bunch of parts or something along those lines. So, I don't know, Yasmin, how do you feel... After seeing this deal, knowing that also Mike Budenholzer is here, which was another funny part of all this, like everyone just jumping to assume, all right, well, bud, you know, he's still going to fuck it up probably some way. Uh, And I I certainly joined into that chorus. But with all of that in, in mind, what do you think are the odds now or how do you feel just sort of as a Raptors fan who has had sort of all your hopes hinging on Giannis being disgruntled and wanting to leave? Do you feel good about the Raptors' chances of still having a shot next summer, or are you more resigned to the idea that Giannis is going to stick around with Milwaukee?
3: Um, I've always felt that his chances of remaining on the Bucks was higher than any other outcome uh, for Giannis. Like I always thought that, like he has like a loyalty to his team that can't really be denied, and he seems to really idolize um, players who remained on their franchises through thick and thin like over the years like Dirk and uh Kobe Mm -hmm. so that that was the most likely outcome to me so I feel like I'm kind of mentally prepared for that outcome of him just (laughs) staying on the Milwaukee Bucks which honestly is like the second best outcome to him coming on to the Raptors so um rather than seeing him in another uniform I'd rather just see him where I'm used to seeing him so um but yeah like you said um this uh, we haven't even mentioned that Drew Holiday is on it expiring, so. Have you? I, I feel like we haven't mentioned it yet. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he he very well could um, say like, yeah, I don't want to be in Milwaukee <laughs> at the end of the season. So <laughs> um, it feels like the smart decision for is like that, that Supermax exen- extension is not going anywhere. To me, the smartest basketball decision, the decision that, you know, if I were an agent that I would tell my superstar players just to just wait. There's no harm in waiting. Um see how things pan out. See if you get as far as you believe you can. See if you make a finals appearance, for example. Um, there is no rush um to sign that. And to be honest, like Giannis has never experienced being a free agent. Like for a lot of these players, maybe you just want to test the market for the sake of, you know, saying you did it and to say that you've experienced mm-hmm. it, you've experienced a process of going through. Uh, all those pitch meetings with other teams like it just seems like something that he would need to experience or want to experience so I can see that his I can see his agent suggesting he just hold off on it um there's Mm -hmm. no rush to sign it right now To, to sign it now would just be very odd to me (laughs) it would mean that he um had absolutely no intentions of leaving to begin with in my opinion and that everything that we've been hearing and everything that's been brewing over the course of the last several months was just honestly him putting pressure on the bucks um and using whatever leverage that he could um you know conjure up so um that was you know the result of that so i i don't i don't think that this is um Like a clear cut sign that he is remaining. I think that in various scenarios, the Bucks would have tried to go all in for co star Friannis, and that Raptors fans uh, should have expected it. Like, there, it would just be like historically terrible if John um, Horst left this offseason without getting any star. Like, that would just be Mm -hmm. so terrible (laughs) as an executive to leave the off season without swinging for the offenses and not getting Giannis a co all-star. So that, that this is like an expected outcome for me. Um, and yeah, we're going to have to uh, wait and see.
1: Yeah. I I do appreciate you putting the onus for all the speculation on Giannis himself and not on insane internet people like ourselves and the rest of the people who (laughs) love the transaction (laughs) industrial complex. That's the right way to do it. Uh, (laughs) but I, yeah, I, I mean, look, the odds of Giannis leaving Milwaukee always seemed fifty-fifty at best. This that's that's never been news and like obviously there's an element of just sort of like leaning into it and playing it up the way we have in yeah, weeks the meme Yeah, exactly. The meme I mean, industrial complex. <laughs> exactly. Everybody loves to do the photoshops. Everybody loves to read into everything. I mean, I did an entire year-long series of posts about Kawhi and his staying, you know, and the degree to which he was going to stay. And look, this is part of the fun of being a dumb basketball fan. <laughs> and it's just, it, exactly. it's all part of the joy. In reality, yeah. It was, like, at best, a 50-50 proposition that Giannis would leave. Still, I I think, you know, it's not 100% that he's going to stay by any means. I think it probably amps up to, you know, 70-75 now or something like that. And the Raptors were always probably in, like, between the 10-15% and chance of actually getting him, but you if you have a 10 to 15 percent chance of getting a guy like Giannis you set yourself up to be in position to get him and so I don't think the Raptors by any means have done anything wrong by sort of gearing their team building towards 2021 it was a smart they decision still have a lot exactly. of flexibility yeah exactly exactly so uh, they will even, have flexibility yeah
3: exactly yeah I was just gonna say even if it even with how things panned out last night I don't know that they changed their course you know um, I think that they continue keeping cap space open I think they continue Um, uh, developing their current players um, and gearing up towards perhaps like if he doesn't sign that Supermax, they do likely get a pitch meeting with Giannis. And I think that Mm -hmm. everything they've done over the last two years um, culminating into that pitch meeting is completely valid um, and, you know, worth it.
1: Absolutely. And we're going to get into that. We're going to dive into the um you know the potential backup plans and the way the raptors sort of chart their course from here in just a second but first i want to tell everybody about built go which is a new product from our friends over at built bar and it is the best way to break through the wall that we all hit at some point during the day it's 1 30 p.m as we record this i'm like half an hour away from hitting my daily wall and guess what built go can help you get through it whether it's your a mental or a physical wall you can break through it with go every single day it's easy to take in one and a half ounce packages you can put it in your briefcase or your backpack backpack, you can bring it uh, when you're going golfing and you want to power through the back nine. You can put it in your pocket when you go to the gym and have it in the middle of your workout, whatever it might be. Bilko is the best workout gel on the market. It's like a five hour energy without that same crash feeling. Plus it's natural. So it's better for the body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. And it comes in three delicious flavors for you to try peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. How does it work so well? Well, Built Go Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into your system fast. Plus, it's easy on the stomach, and it promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better while also igniting your work. Built Go is loaded with the good stuff to get that work going. Beta alanine, B3 honey, and a kick of caffeine. And then it kicks to keep you going strong with B6 and B12 vitamins. 10,000% of your daily percentage of those B6 and B12 Vitamins to be exact. Right now you can go to BuiltGo.com and use the promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, and you'll get 20% off of your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go.
2: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: All right, Yasmin, so let's continue talking about where things go from here for the Raptors. Let's assume the chances of getting Giannis just went down, uh, you know, somewhere between a tad and significantly significantly. Whatever the exact amount is doesn't matter. The Raptors obviously have contingency plans in place. They know just as well as anybody the chances of getting a superstar are always slimmer than they are of actually getting them. And so I'm sure they have some backup plans plotted out when they get to the summer of 2021 or throughout this season. As you mentioned, this season feels very much like it's going to be a developmental year, sort of a, a look and see at what you have in terms of OG and and, and some of your end of bench guys like Dewan Hernandez, Chris Boucher, guys like that. Obviously, you want to see if Pascal Siakam can learn from the lessons of the postseason and improve as well. And you have Kyle Lowry still around, maybe Serge Ibaka, maybe Mark Gasol. We don't really know what's going to happen right. with Ibaka and Gasol right now. And it very much looks like a pseudo-run-it-back season where they will be quite good, maybe not at the top of the Eastern Conference tier alongside that Milwaukee team, the Nets, maybe even the Sixers, you know, depending on what they do, if they can get hardened, whatever it might be. Uh, And so, you know, I don't think the plan changes that much for this offseason. I think you kind of get, and I am certainly guilty of this, I get in sort of a manic state when things are going on and it's (laughs) like, oh, trades and oh my god, that team's loading up an arms race and now they have to go do everything. I don't think the Raptors are going to have that same online brain. They will be pragmatic about it and sort of plan things out here. But let me ask you, Yasmin, what do you think are the backup plans once they get to 2021? What should the backup plans be? You know, obviously people will point to Kawhi, who's a free agent if things go bad with the Clippers, and hey, maybe that's an opportunity. But he already left Toronto once. I think that's always been a fun pipe dream at best. And then you look at the 2021 free agent list, and after... You know, Drew Holiday and I guess Paul George and LeBron James, who's not going anywhere. It's actually not that great a class. There's Rudy Gobert, I suppose, and a couple other dudes. But it's not like this star studded, you know, multiple transcendent players. If there's no right. Giannis and Kawhi and LeBron available, which might, then none of them might be. So I'm wondering, Yasmin, what do the Raptors do now in terms of planning their, their flexibility for 2021? And do you see any backup plans in terms of star acquisition that's, that pop out to you?
3: uh yeah so um i was trying to kind of assess it from the point of view of the raptors last night and i was thinking to myself um you know they they're they they do not have like the same kind of urgency that the milwaukee bucks have that um the nets have with their older um superstars that you know even the sixers have with um you know this this young core they've been running with for years now so Um, For them, for the Raptors, they won their championship, Uh, their quote-unquote young core is just on the, you know, touching their prime, Um, they don't have that same sense of urgency that some of these other franchises have, so to them, I feel like they're just in the place of trying to, you know, build this window for themselves, that is like, you know, a prolonged window of opportunity for contention. Um, And I think that they can do it. Um, Like you said, after the superstar players in the 2021 free agency, if you take Giannis off the table, um, LeBron's not going anywhere. Chris Paul's going to be quite old. Uh, Kawhi Leonard is probably not going anywhere. I do really like Blake Griffin. I'm a Blake Griffin fan. Um, He finally got that surgery he needed. So who knows what he looks like. He'll be, I think, 32 um, in that free agency uh, class. I think that... Pascal is talented enough and I think he'll be talented enough in 2021 as well, where you don't, you may not need another superstar per se, but if you pair him with capable role players and another all-star, I do think that that gives the wind, the Raptors, um, a window of opportunity. Um, if you couple it with Nick nurse's coaching and stuff, I don't know. I just feel like, um, last season's, um, you know, barring the, uh, emergence of any, dynasty i feel like last season's um uh playoffs and the finals matchup is just kind of an indication of how things are going to look going forward uh with the state mm-hmm. of you know league parity and everything everyone has a chance if you're a good team with capable players and an excellent coach you could very well make the finals so unless we see uh james harden head to the nets and kind of ruin it for the next few years <laughs> i think that <laughs> i think that everything will be okay if the raptors just um continue cultivating um, productive role players, if they continue, um, you know, bringing the most out of their uh, developmental uh, projects. And uh, if Pascal continues his um, trajectory, I think that they're in a very good position. Um, it's that you know, I think when, we're, when we were discussing like the whole prospect of obtaining a Giannis uh, for 2021, we were talking like uh, uh, establishing a dynasty, if retaining Pascal, getting Giannis, um, getting a 2021 OG. Like that's like uh, several years of contention right there. So we may not get that, but I do think that we will have a good team capable of making the NBA finals. You know, we just saw Jimmy Butler and Bam bio and some scrappy bunch of, you know, vets and young guys managed to do it and go head to toe with, go toe to toe with, um, LeBron James. So, you know, anything is mm-hmm. possible.
1: Yeah, it's very true. I, I think you are right in that it seems that, you know, especially with the cap not going up, we're not going to get a ton of teams that have, like, you know, a random $35 million to throw at another superstar or whatever it is to come and pair with other superstars. And so I think, yeah, barring some big trade for the likes of a Bradley Beal or a James Harden from a team that already has two established stars. You're right. I think there will be some flexibility in terms of, like, the potential teams that could make it to a finals. And the Raptors are in a pretty good spot. I, I mean, look, I, I don't think Pascal is going to ascend to being, like, one of those, like, seven guys that can dictate the, the course yeah. of the league or anything like that. But he's damn good. I think OG has a chance to become, you know, pretty close to being nearly as good as Pascal. And, has, like, that defensive backbone of your team is a really damn good place to start. If they can bring back Fred, that's just more competent, good players they have on the roster, and they have Uh a pick this year, which they haven't had for a little while. They'll have picks next year, and they can do the thing that they've already done, where, yeah, maybe there's some disappointing second-round exits in there, maybe even first-round exits as the East gets a little bit better. That could very well happen over the course of the next few years, but... They will constantly be in the conversation. They will constantly be kind of waiting to strike, like they did with Kawhi. And exactly. you know, they're, they're yeah. soon to have all their like they have all their picks available going forward. They're not out picks or anything like that. And if they wanted to make one of these Godfather offers, like all these teams apparently have to do for stars now, where it's like here's all of our picks until the sun burns the earth to to a, <laughs> a, 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 a rotting husk, then they they have the wherewithal to do that as well. So I agree. I don't think there's a ton of reason to deviate from the course and none of the things that are going on in the East right now in terms of transactions are to be you know were were, are unexpected or anything like that it's all to be expected and was all part of the plan of this season and then the Raptors were always going to maybe take a step back not out of the playoffs or anything like that but maybe away from that top tier of contention and that said they'll still probably win 50 games because Kyle Lowry drives winning like nobody else and they'll still be very very good just maybe with a bit of a ceiling imposed come postseason time but again it's a fact-finding mission this year more than anything else. Yeah, exactly. With that said, Yasmin, with that said, Yasmin, uh, let's get crazy <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> if the Raptors did want to get wild, there are things, some things they could potentially do, and I'm particularly intrigued by a conversation that took place on that Zach Lowe, Brian Windhorst podcast where they were trying to come up with James Harden trade ideas. It's not easy by any means. It requires very good players to do so. The Raptors might have a package if you really wanted to get crazy that we will talk about coming up in just a second, as well as some other potential trade stuff the Raptors could really cobble together if they wanted to get super panicky and online-brained about this offseason. But before we get to that, uh, please go and listen to Locked On Bucks. Buck, Locked On Bucks, not Locked On Butts. That's a different podcast network entirely. Uh, (laughs) Locked On Bucks with Kane Pittman and uh, I think Frank Madden was on with Kane last night to talk all about the trades for the Milwaukee Bucks. So go listen to that right after you finish up with this podcast.
2: part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every
3: day.
1: All right, Yasmin, let's get into the the, just getting crazy. Look, it's the offseason. I do this thing every year where I kind of go against all of my morals, all of my philosophies when it comes to watching the NBA. You know, I, I think pragmatism and sort of patience is always important and good. I think the Raptors have instilled that in me. I think I find the trade machine to be odious. I find the Discourse, capital D, to be odious and a little bit tiresome. But whenever things start flying around, I get like the mob mentality. I get feeling a little bit crazy, and I start to imagine some trades the Raptors could pull off. So last night, I did some dumb stuff and went into a trade machine. Not the ESPN one, because it's not updated, but some other site. I can't remember the name of the actual site. But the, uh, the, the deal is, I, I made a deal with... The Houston Rockets potentially sending James Harden to the Raptors. Do you want to hear it? I kind of threw it to you in our DM last night, Yasmin, as we were talking about the podcast, but uh, I I want to just throw it out there for the people. And then if you have a crazy trade idea, you can also throw that. (laughs) So the Raptors-Rockets deal I came up with figures – uh james harden and pj tucker coming to the raptors in exchange for pascal siakam you might bristle at that but you're not getting james harden without a star player that's pretty established here uh norman powell who makes 11 million bucks a year stanley johnson and patrick just for salary filler an unprotected first in 2023 and a top eight protected pick this year i just put that top eight protection in because 2021 is going to be weird and the raptors might not be at home and it could be kind of a hell season there's that's on the table as far as an outcome so i I just put that there as a bit of a protection for this year but unprotected in 2023 you might have to throw more picks in because that just seems to be the way to do things now as we talked about but uh yasmin does that trade sound crazy to you is that something you would be interested in if you were the raptors should the raptors pull the trigger right now to get james harden to toronto while the iron's hot
3: um it's a valid trade in the sense that it makes sense. Like you're trading a star player for a superstar and you're adding a couple of things to make it more tempting for the, uh, rockets. Like, I think that in a, I think that they would do it if you were to offer it. But the thing is when you make a trade like that, I think you change the course of the, um, the window of opportunity for the whole franchise. Right. So it, it would change the, the, the plan, like, if the Raptors had a five-year plan or four-year plan with Siakam, um, it would kind of alter that, and it would make, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, it, it would just, it would cause a lot of questions in terms of what happens with Lowry, um, would they, um, you know, make him come off the bench, or would they... Um, I don't know. It, it it makes things a little complicated, but I, I could see that totally happening. Like it makes, I told you that it made basketball sense. <laughs> like it, <laughs> and it, it, it actually makes sense, but I don't know. I feel like it would change the course of their opportunity, their window of opportunity. And it would make them act in a way that's like, it would, it would make them act in a, in a sense of urgency that I don't think they would need to engage in right now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if they had never won a chip, say the Kawhi year never happened, I could totally see them making that move, you know.
2: Right. Um, you right. know,
3: you want to maximize the last couple of years of Kyle Lowry's prime, sure. But you're talking about a squad that all has rings, right? So it, it would just be kind of a out of character um trade to make. Um my I haven't put this through a trade machine, so I'm just kind of like, you know, pulling <laughs> it out of my ass. So um yeah, go ahead. I I would say sign and trade Fred Van Vliet at Norman Powell matt thomas and picks like a ridiculous mm-hmm. amount of picks i could see it happening because then um you have the timelines matching for harden yes um okay. i know it does like it would give it would give the um rockets um they would they would be in rebuild right so it would give them yeah. a, a like a, it would give them a high caliber point guard like a, a great point guard to run their um developing um uh, core or their you know rebuild core um, like I feel like that's like the, I feel like the point guard is like the kind of central part of a lot of rebuilding teams um, and that could kind of be um, tantalizing to have someone to, someone young to run your offense while you're rebuilding um, and also it would give them picks for the future and it would give them, um, Norman Powell, who's, you know, who, someone who can, who's great at eating up usage. So I feel like, I feel like, I feel like if people, if people are kind of, I feel like it would be a better offer than what the uh, Nets are proposing, you know, and James Harden doesn't yeah. have any leverage. Yeah. And, and if, if, the, if the Sixers aren't offering Ben Simmons, nothing they can offer is as good as a Fred Van Vliet, you know?
1: so yeah um
3: if if the market is right I feel like a trade like that can actually work
1: <laughs> I totally I, I guess depends on like what you view Karis Levert to be like I think Fred's definitely better than Spencer Dinwiddie because of yeah. the two-way element you know Levert I think probably has a little bit upside where he could be better than Fred but I don't think he's better than Fred right now yeah. in terms of like driving winning and I'm like notably a of Lavert skeptics, so I I think I kind of come <laughs> down on the side of Fred there right now. But yeah, you know the reason I threw si- Siakam into the potential Harden deal is because you know Simmons or is Mito that card, and if the if the Sixers really want to do it, then like I, I, you know S- Simmons is the guy to trump everybody. But you know Siakam right. is. Not quite Simmons, I don't think. You know, in terms of you know, you couldn't give them the keys to be the number one on a team and have them win a lot of games like you can, I think, with Simmons. I think you know really Simmons could potentially be something like what Giannis has been with the Bucks, maybe a little bit less uh, than a, a bit of a scaled down version. But like <laughs> if you give him shooters and just kind of let him run, I don't know. Honestly, I, think that's I don't I a damn good player.
3: I'm a skeptic when it comes to that, man. <laughs> just as you're Karis Laver- <laughs> I'm a I'm a skeptic when when it comes to Ben Simmons and shooters. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is totally fair. My only so the reason I sort of threw this Harden thing out other than just like off-season brain, which is of course stupid, but um the reason I threw the Harden idea out is because if this is sort of a situation where you want to get reactionary and try to load up with the rest of the Eastern Conference, also and keep Harden from one of the other teams in the East <laughs> in the Nets and the Sixers, which seem the most likely destinations right now. You know, this is a way to sort of give Kyle Lowry another shot. At a title and sort of, you know, give him one last kick at the can before he kind of goes into the twilight of his career. You obviously would miss Siakam quite a bit, but if you can get P.J. Tucker back, I mean, it's already been proven that P.J. Tucker works playing for the Raptors at the 4, next to potentially Serge Ibaka if you can bring him back. Um, You got OG, obviously, who becomes your new sort of blue-chip developmental guy in in place of Pascal, and you could even potentially swing like a sign-and-trade elsewhere for Fred. Maybe you get like a Miles Turner or something to come in and and sort of augment the roster so it's not so guard-heavy. You know, again, no, this isn't happening. <laughs> it's, it's it's almost certainly not happening. But it's fun to get weird. It's fun to get crazy. And uh, that uh, to me, that was just a thing that I, I found to be a good use of my time last night. Was putting together that very silly deal. I think people are too against Harden in general. I think his playoff sort of fall-aparts are yes. You know, there's lots of them, but he's also been in the playoffs a ton. He's been deep in the playoffs a ton. He's almost beaten the Warriors as the best player on a team when they were at their absolute peak. Like, he's very, very good. He is an offense unto himself. And Kyle Lowry's like kind of a perfect guard to pair with James Harden as well um, and would be, I think, deadly off the ball of James Harden. And so, yeah, I, I don't know. It's not going to happen. But I think I could talk myself into it as much as I love Pascal Siakam, as much as this kind of trade really goes against like all of my basketball morals of like wanting to have players that you like and, you know, you want to keep guys around that you want to root for. I'm sure I could get on board with rooting for James Harden pretty quickly. Rockets fans sure seem to have gotten on board and I think I could do it as well.
3: Yeah, I was just going to say that um, Raptors fans, like, they all want to go in for superstars after the Kawhi trade. So I can understand the um, reactionary trade proposals for James Harden. Um, But I think it's important to remember. Sorry, this is what I was going to say. I think it's important to remember that, like, he's arguably the greatest offensive player ever. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think that's, like, a valid point when talking about James Harden. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't think it's crazy to think about potentially swinging a deal for Harden if you, you feel like you have the package to throw his way. If you feel like maybe you can't get more out of Pascal, which I don't think is fair to say because there's plenty of time for him to work on what went wrong this year. Um, you know, it's the off season. We got to get wild sometimes and throw this shit out there. And you do make a good point. I think Raptors fans very much are now just like accustomed to kind of just like getting what they want because things have worked out so swimmingly the last couple of years. It's not always going to be that right. way. Sometimes other teams got to eat and I don't think it'll be the Raptors this off season, but that's okay because as I've said for the last year, If you're upset about what's going on with the team or within the rest of the league, go and swaddle yourself in your championship gear from 2019. It still works. (laughs) I I swear it still works. Um, Yasmin, that'll bring us to the end of today's show. Thank you so much for joining me today. Do you have anything that you would like to promote?
3: Um, yeah, um, I want everyone to check out the podcast, Dishes and Dimes, um, with the season coming up. I'm sure it's bound to get insane. So <laughs> uh, if you want you know Raptors coverage, NBA coverage, check out the Dishes and Dimes podcast. Um, and yeah, any pieces that I write for um, Yahoo and BasketballNews.com going forward.
1: Amazing. Uh, you do wonderful, wonderful work, Yasmin, and I uh, appreciate you taking the time today. Uh, you can find me, me on of course um, you can find me on twitter at woodley sean you can subscribe to rate and review this podcast wherever you get your podcasts again go check out the lockdown nba mock draft special five straight days over on Lockdown nba wrapping up today i'm part of part five here on tuesday and uh we will keep you posted if anything happens we'll come in with a breaking news podcast if not may wait until after the draft tomorrow night to uh do wednesday's podcast but we will have a podcast in short order for you here regardless and uh break down all the goings on so uh thank you so much for tuning in and we will talk to you again on wednesday at some time with another episode of locked on raptors